Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to the Tom Myers versus the rest of the world 2023 year in recoil special. House Republicans along party lines voted to start an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. For what? I'm not sure. Republicans can't even agree that Biden did anything wrong, much less exactly what he did wrong. (laughs) I'm waiting for the next claim they're going to try to say and try to say it with a straight face. When Joe Biden first got to the Senate, He farted into a paper bag and then popped it near Strom Thurmond's head. (laughs) In her new book, former Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney revealed that Kevin McCarthy visited Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago after he left the White House because Trump wasn't eating. Melania must have been relieved. (laughs) When Trump goes down on a woman, it must be like a dog licking the remainder of the food out of his bowl. Oh, God. 
Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani was given a $148 million judgment against him because of false statements he made about Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman to Georgia election workers during the 2020 presidential election. It's hard to tell which New York City landmark collapse was more shocking, Giuliani's reputation or the World Trade Center. (laughs) (laughs) George Santos was expelled from Congress by a House vote Thankfully for House Republicans, George Santos will go around telling everyone he was never in Congress. (laughs) George Santos's habitual lying by a public figure is everything that's wrong with this country. As I was saying just recently to my fellow SEAL Team 6 members (laughs) during our reunion to commemorate the day that I took out Osama bin Laden. Republicans in the New Hampshire legislature introduced a bill to ban abortion after 15 days of pregnancy in the Granite State. 15 days isn't enough to determine if a being has viability of life. Every time I look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, viable is nowhere near one of the terms I'd use to describe her. (laughs) New Hampshire's slogan is live free or die. That's a great slogan to have if you live with neighbors some of whom you want to live free and some of whom you want to die. (laughs) This year saw some notable famous deaths. There was former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. No cause of death was officially released, but my theory is that he was cradling his Nobel Peace Prize and it exploded, taking Kissinger's writhing corpse with it. (laughs) I was saddened to hear that Rosalind Carter died. But when I heard that she went first so that she wouldn't be left alone in the event Jimmy went first, I thought, nah, Jimmy Carter's just trying to outlive that fucker Kissinger. (laughs) This year saw the release of Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town. It faced a lot of criticism, but I recognize that it's not exactly a new sentiment as Try That in a Small Town was my mantra early in my career as a road comic. (laughs) the real tragedy is that the song came out after ashley babbitt stormed the capitol (laughs) the beatles released a new song this year it really says something about 2023 when a band where half the members are dead is putting out better music than jason aldean and kid rock (laughs) (laughs) tim allen and roseanne barr starring in a new tv show Look for it to be a hit on the new Ku Klux Comedy Channel. (laughs) This year also saw the worst performance of both of New York's baseball teams, which made a historic moment. It's the first time in history that New Yorkers look forward to the Giants and Jets starting their seasons. (laughs) And yes, I'll throw the Buffalo Bills in there because why the hell not? (laughs) This is the only mention they deserve throughout the entire run of this podcast anyway. (laughs) This year, we got into the health issues of Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate Republicans, who froze twice during news conferences. In a way, I can sympathize with Mitch McConnell because when he froze, he had the same expression that I get when I've discovered I've finished on my laptop. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, oh. The United States women's soccer team were unable to defend their world champion title after doing what I've done several times, failed to score with a group of Swedish women. (laughs) 
This year, an Instagram model died after she hit her head on a lamppost while leaning topless out of her car window. I'm sure her parents wish she'd had contact with another kind of pole, specifically one that's attached to the ceiling. That would have been way more dignifying. (laughs) They didn't blur the image or the video at all, which I don't find surprising. The video was on Twitter X, which does allow tits to be shown on there as Elon Musk's face is present all the time. (laughs) And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, Gina Brown, and Polite Kitty. Hey, Tom. Hey. So what's everyone been up to this week? Well, Tom, we're trying to recover from that joke about the former guy uh, and oral sex. That that may have been in two years of doing this podcast, <laughs> you may have achieved a new low. Congratulations. You know I start off with the light shit. So that's <laughs> is... <laughs> the rest of the episode is just going to go downhill real quick. Well, and I was a little bit frightened because you usually save any ejaculatory related jokes <laughs> till the very end of the podcast. <laughs> but now you're starting with them. So I just don't even know. Well, he's gotten a lot quicker these days, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) And and going downhill is what he said. (laughs) I just got to it before I could. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I have to give the Reddit folks something to look forward to. I love that you brought up that the um, Senate Republicans impeached Biden when so many of them don't actually believe he's the president. So you can only <laughs> you can only actually impeach somebody if you think they're in the position. <laughs> and we had Giuliani, who was uh, ordered to pay that that huge sum, and then he went outside and said it again. I know. Then, Did you see they filed a lawsuit? Right. That's him again. He sued him again. And then he, and then he went again. ahead and did it. Then he went ahead and did it again, I think, on Newsmax after that. So <laughs> I think he's forgetting things. I actually forgot he was mayor at one point. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> the experience of the year 2023 can be easily summed up. You're driving along and you get sideswiped by a tractor trailer running a red light at 60 miles per hour. As you leave your vehicle, limping and bruised, someone walks right up to you and shoots you, emptying their clip into your already battered body. Then while you're trying to get up, someone comes along, douses you with gasoline and sets you on fire. Then when you try to call for help, your phone rings and you answer it only to get an automated voice message asking about your vehicle's extended warranty. But 2023 wasn't all good. (laughs) This year, I was kicked out of my neighborhood's community Facebook group. On a post warning everyone about a cougar roaming the woods near my house, I learned the appropriate responses are not, what's her name, is she hot, and is she single? (laughs) 2023 was so bad that everyone is automatically looking forward to 2024 as that may very well be the last full year where Americans are not rounded up and placed into internment camps. 2023 was so bad that it makes you think. (laughs) 2023 was so bad that it makes you think, tell me about this end of a representative democracy thing. That sounds appealing. (laughs) 
<laughs> when Betty White died on New Year's Eve of 2021, I was mad at God for playing such a cruel trick on us. He then redeemed himself when, the following New Year's Eve, he took Pope Benedict. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So on that note, uh, how was how was everyone's assessment of uh, of this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, mine's been okay. I got COVID, and then I had one of my clients bite me on my boob because I wouldn't give him ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> I, I, I have so many questions about the boob bite. <laughs> <laughs> That's my 2023 right there in a nutshell. Is one of them which one? Yeah, I was gonna do one, but also I wanted to make sure that the boob didn't have marks on it first before I then. But we're good. Oh my god! See, no, Gina, I when have, two I people despise each other, yeah. <laughs> I did have to fill out an HR report. It was quite nice. Oh. So we we probably should explain what you do for a living. That this yeah. is like, like like one of your clients. You're not. Are you, are you a vet? You're not a vet. I'm a pediatric therapist. Okay, there you go. Oh. Vet is the very last uh, occupational thing I was going to suggest when I heard <laughs> about the boob biting. So what what does that entail, Polite? I deal with children and their mental health, and we go, we work through trauma, and I also do coaching with parents on how to be a really good parent. <laughs> so was this podcast must be a parent that. <laughs> this podcast must be a really great training ground for you <laughs> every time <laughs> luckily there's the safety of fiber optics and zoom it's like you're safe from us don't worry were you, yeah. in were you injured i was i had a, i had a bruise and i had to explain that Ah. <laughs> uh. That just, I, I am so sorry. Yeah. That's Anybody right. want to try to top that? <laughs> like, I guess the rest of us are just like, well, okay. <laughs> I, I think Polite Kitty just had the most titillating story of the year. <laughs> oh, thank you all. <laughs> Welcome back, Michelle. We've missed you. Thank you. <laughs> Despite the pandemic making company executives and management discover that workers aren't willing to sacrifice themselves for low wages and no benefits, bosses forget about their once benevolent attitudes about their employees. As this comparison of Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors, and Sean Fain, the head of United Auto Workers, shows us. The union is demanding, asking for a 40% wage increase over four years. They're asking for that in part because they say CEOs like yourself, uh, leading the big three, are making those kind of pay increases over the course of the last four years. You've seen a 34% pay increase in your salary. You make almost $30 million. Why should your workers not get the same type of pay increases that you're getting leading the company? Well, if you look at uh, compensation, my compensation, 92% of it is based on performance of the company. I think one of the strong aspects of the way our compensation for our represented employees is designed is not only do, are we putting a 20% increase on the table, 
we have profit sharing. So when the company does well, everyone does well. And for the last several years, that's resulted in record profit sharing for our represented employees. And I think you have to look at the whole uh, compensation package, not only 20% increase in gross wage, but also uh, the profit sharing aspect of it, world-class health care, and there's several other features. So we think we have a very competitive offer on the table, and that's why we want to get back there and get this done. We're prepared to do whatever we have to do, so the membership is ready. The membership is fed up. We're fed up with falling behind. It's been decades of falling behind, and, 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 and especially this past decade, in the, the most wealthiest times in the history of these companies. There is no excuse. These companies have made a quarter of a trillion dollars in the last 10 years, $21 billion in the last six months alone, and our workers' wages and, and, and conditions have went backwards. You're asking for 36% pay raises, our reporter just laid out there. Stellantis said they've offered 21%. What are you expecting into tomorrow's negotiation with them? That seems forward movement. We've, we've asked for 40% pay increases, and the reason we asked for 40% pay increases is because in the last four years alone, the CEO pay went up 40%. They're already millionaires. Right. You know, it's shameful that uh, you know one of the one of the leaders of the court, one of the corporations, sitting in his second home in Acapulco while we're bargaining, rather than being at the bargaining table. And so, you know, our demands are just. We're asking for our fair share in this economy and the fruits of our labor. So, 21% is a no-go for you. It's definitely a no-go, and we've made that very clear to the companies. Well, I think one of the, the highlights, if you want to call it that, of 2023, and we covered this in a previous episode, is that unions and workers, and this is going back to, this is going back a, a few years to the start of the pandemic, you know, they finally are telling corporations and, and big business, you know, we've, we've had enough. And, you know, I think people are finally starting to see that in the wake of, a, a few of a, a few financial uh, catastrophes and a widespread medical emergency that the way this country's been running since uh, Reagan instituted his tax cuts and Reaganomics, it just it's not it well, it never was working for people, but especially now people are suddenly starting to wake up to the bullshit that it is supposed to be working. Yeah, follow up for the uh, GM CEO. Why do you need $30 million? You could take five of that, say, and distribute that among your employees and make their lives better. Absolutely. I did I did notice that where she said, or was asked, well, why do you make this much money? The reporter was asking and said, well, let me tell you exactly how. And it's almost like she's bragging. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I am making this much. Yeah. But and uh, we're we're offering we're offering this to all of our all of our workers. We're offering, you know, world class health care. But at, at, at the same time, you're offering it. But they can't they can't get access to it because if they if they miss work, then they have to go ahead and play catch up on all the all the work they've missed. Yeah, I noticed when she started talking, she first did this. And as soon as I see somebody do this with their hands, I already know it's about to be some bullshit that they're starting to drop. She was just like, well, let me, we've seen it. We saw somebody lead the country with, well, let me. And as soon as the hands go, it's just followed by a bunch of bullshit. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. There's, I mean, I say that outside of the unions, I say, but this home in the homeless space, I'm like, there's just, there's a few billionaires, even some multimillionaires that if they just took a portion of what they had and trickled it down, we could, you know, alleviate uh, some of the homelessness that we have. Um, anyway, I know that a lot of mental illness plays a part in that. So that's another topic, but yeah, agreed. And I'm glad they hung out. And, um, I think we did learn from the unions this year cause they ended up getting, you know, a, something that they could live with. So I'm glad they held out. Yeah. I mean, a 92%, she says came, I think from product sales or whatever, who do you think makes those products? Who do you think works those 12 hour days and such? And, you know, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't have a product to sell unless those workers did it. Yeah. Classic. Shit rolls downhill. Not exactly the kind of trickle down that we hope for, but yeah, yeah, that's what they're. <laughs> yeah. I just wish that if we were going to start attacking CEOs for the amount of money that they're making, we would start with the white men who have been making it forever and not one of the few female CEOs. I'm not saying it's right. But I would bet you that she's making way less than many, many male counterparts. Again, don't think it's right. Okay. I don't think it's right. However, I, I think, I just think it's interesting. That they focused on the female CEO instead well, of. Well, in this case, they had to because she happened to be the CEO of the company where right. the. The uh, the union and the workers are unhappy, but um, it, it would just you know I I read about CEOs all the time getting oh he made forty eight billion dollars last year really did he make that much right. did he make what what do you what kind of job do you do where you're making you know fifty sixty eighty million dollars a year. Whatever. More, more, 50, 60, 80 million more than yep. your workers, right? And your workers are making like 50 grand. Right, right. You know? And what, one byproduct of this is, is seen in Florida and parts of the country where they're changing work labor laws to allow 16 and 17-year-olds to go back to work. And in Florida, this this just came up and a right-wing group said, well, this is not about uh, hurting education. No, it's not, except it's a byproduct of it because mm -hmm. if a family is poor, if a family needs money, then they're going to ask their child or the child will volunteer yep. to go to work, maybe work a late shift and they're going to drop out of school and they're going to be ignorant and they would maybe vote republican again this is they're not going to get a world view from, in the same in the same state where they're banning books pretty right. much they're not, that's, they're not that's fitting yeah they're not going to go to school and get an education and get a world view because their parents need money and now the state allows them to work at the age of 16. I think it was Iowa. There was a child lost his arm working at a factory. So this is what's going on with these low wages. And, uh, and, and is, is one of the worst things that I've seen in 2023.
and and it reminds me of of a different time you know i my um family has this huge panoramic picture of um workers taken outside of the broom factory which is um was down it's it's not an actual broom factory anymore but down in canton uh, maryland and in baltimore city and my grandfather is right in the front he was 12 years old he lied and told them he was 14 so he could work because his family was poor you know and to bring that kind of thing back i think you're absolutely right i mean my grandfather became a machinist and he worked you know he worked for eventually worked for esso which became exxon and blah 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 but it wasn't like you know my grandparents were um rolling in the dough you know what i mean they didn't have that second house in acapulco yeah. they didn't reach that level yeah yeah 2023 saw the first time a president of the United States joining a picket line when Biden went to stand with the United Auto Workers. In response, Trump showed his solidarity with his voter base by grandstanding with management at a non-union plant, something which was not lost on the current and legitimate president in this clip from a speech following one such visit. Sales of electric vehicles here at home have tripled since I took office. 80 percent of electric vehicles on the road today were made in America. And that means good paying jobs for American auto workers. That also means, let's think about this. When my predecessor, the distinguished, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needs to do more of that. Like he needs to, I mean, he needs to come out fighting, I think. He needs to come out and uh, sort of fight dirty in that regard. Yeah, I mean, if if your opponent's doing the same thing, that's the only language they that, – that's that's how they that's how they speak. That's how they function. That's the only way they're ever going to get the message. Opponents and some of his supporters or people who voted for him are doing this and doing that too. And absolutely, he needs to – uh, fight back like that i mean i think it it's it's not on brand for him so i'm not sure that he could but if there's you know the soldiers underneath him could certainly do it right but i i have no I, it would that actually surprised me and i know your viewers couldn't see that when he paused he did the sign of the cross like god bless him you know kind of thing like a good fellow Catholic boy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> um, I don't think even a prayer would help uh, the other dude. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think um, I, remember, I'm okay Remember, with remember in the debate, Gina, he he said, shut up. To him. And <laughs> yeah. I, and so I, I think it's more on brand than, uh, than we've seen the last three years. We may see more of it during the campaign. You, you might hope. be right. Like, I think... I, that I took as like he was boiling over and, and you know how you it, you can't even hold it back, but he's usually better about sort of biting his tongue. But I mean, I think we should take a page from Michelle and just, you know, when they go low, we don't. <laughs> so, well, Michelle you can be Obama. Michelle, Jeff and I can be Joe and we'll have a... <laughs> I, I know for a second you said Michelle and I thought, what did I, I meant say that's making Gina I, Obama, a Michelle Obama. Yeah, I, I figured that out. 
yeah eventually eventually i'm the therapist here and i'm gonna recommend that joe keep being cool joe because i want to see some more finger guns and stuff (laughs) (laughs) when south carolina congresswoman nancy mace first took office in 2021 her home was vandalized she claimed it was antifa who did it my theory is that it was people who are so strongly in denial that they got nancy mace mixed up with nancy pelosi Nancy Mace's engagement to her fiance is reportedly off and her staff is apparently quitting on mass because of the unprofessionalism of her office. She has reportedly shared details about her sex life with her staffers, which is uncalled for. That's the wrong venue. She needs to write them up and sell them to try to raise money. The GOP can use it (laughs) on a side note. I can use it as well as I'm running low on conservative MILF erotica. (laughs) In this clip, Nancy Mace details said personal life in front of a crowd at an unsavory moment from a South Carolina prayer breakfast. When I woke up this morning at 7, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast and I got to be on time and a little TMI. But um, I... He can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. A classic right here, folks. Honestly, I I was involved in politics and political campaigns for 10 years. Like if more prayer breakfasts were like that, to be fair, I would have, I would look forward to attending them. Would it make you vote Republican? I'm not, I don't know much about it. The answer is no, because I'm getting this close to having like mini strokes just from hearing that. Good God. I don't know much about Catholic prayer breakfast, but TMI at a Catholic prayer breakfast should probably, I, how bad I pray, how much I pray or something (laughs) like that. Not, not my, my. TMI, no, here. TMI at a Catholic prayer breakfast is. I haven't been to church in six years. There you go. You know, that's TMI. TMI yeah. at a at a Catholic prayer breakfast is not. Oh, my fiance, you know, was pulling me over so we could, you know, have premarital sex. The mo- I, I mean, right. what? Right. We're eating here. But but Michelle, it's like- in the Bible. It's in the Bible, Michelle. <laughs> Not only is it yucky because of food, like who wants to think about her and her fiance getting it on, but it's against the religion. It is. Technically, it is. (laughs) I was thinking that. I mean. Right. And she's on her way to a prayer. There's so much wrong with all of that. Oi. It's got me thinking how often my grandparents probably did that before. Oh, my God. God, what is wrong with everyone? Well, how oh many kids? Don't how many think kids about did they have? Anybody's polite? grandparents doing anything like that ever? Michelle, that's how we all got here. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to think about my grandparents doing that. And it's I- in the Bible, <laughs> therefore it's okay. Michelle, oh my God, is what they say at Catholic prayer breakfast if the food's good. <laughs> <laughs> This year, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene released a book which is simply titled MTG. MTG is also an acronym for Magic the Gathering. It's easy to mix up. 
It's easy to mix up the two, as Marjorie Taylor Greene supporters and Magic the Gathering fans are two groups of people who shouldn't reproduce. According to the Circana book scan system from November 19 through November 25, MTG sold 352 copies. <gasps> really? That's what happens when you publish a book and your target audience is upset that it doesn't come with crayons. In this clip from her Twitter X profile, Marjorie Taylor Greene stages a tender moment where she receives a gift from fellow member of Congress, Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Well, you know, Marjorie, we're here for a very special moment. Uh, I brought you something, and I, I hope you'll say yes. <laughs> I brought you your very own debt badge. Yes. Listen, and if you pull the blue tab, this screen has never been touched. Oh, so wow. So you want to pull that off of there. Oh, I'm it's an honored. Un the unboxing. There you go. Never been Amazing. seen before condition. Do you see this? It this comes. the debt clock. It comes with um, a power cord. And then I, I made this out of my roof flashing. Like when I had some copper left over in my basement, so I made this for you today. That is beautiful. And you can, okay. If you, when you're not wearing your badge, I know you'll want to display it proudly on your desk. I will at all times. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> That's not only the start of the most cringeworthy porn ever. But at the same time, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene's looking at this guy like, could he be an even bigger dork? Oh, my gosh. Ew. She doesn't know what that is. Oh. Oh. I, I and I mean, come on. We all know. I mean, you can look up the facts. When are we more in debt? You know, after Republican leaves the presidency. We are always in more debt, way more debt. Ridiculous. Scary part about that is I think the last time this country didn't have any debt was, I think, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, I kind of just think that's how we live, right? Like, I, I, I don't I don't know. I guess I don't really. Maybe that's on me. I don't I don't lose a lot of sleep over debt. Like I lose sleep over other things, you know, borders, like people being kicked out of safe places and things like that. I don't lose sleep over, I don't, maybe I should lose more sleep over debt. I don't know. It's something that Republicans are concerned about when a Democrat's in office, as Michelle has just pointed out. It's yeah. not something that they're concerned about when their party holds the White House. Exactly. Yeah, I want her to wear that all the time no matter who's in office yeah, agreed with republicans warring on everything from a unanimous choice for house speaker to hunter biden to the voices inside their own head this year's war on christmas has taken a back seat however that didn't stop north carolina congresswoman virginia fox from invoking santa in this floor speech about an education initiative Mr. Chair, I rise in strong support of H.R. 1147. It's Christmas time across America. For many, the season brings with it the annual return of cherished Christmas traditions, such as leaving milk and cookies out for Santa Claus and his reindeer to enjoy. As for my family, our traditional choice of dairy has always been 
whole milk. We want only the most nutritional option for Santa. The nutrients in whole milk, like protein, calcium, and vitamin D, provide the fuel Santa needs to travel the whole globe in one night. Whole milk is the unsung hero of his Christmas journey. Protein helps build and repair Santa's muscles. Hoisting heavy sacks of gifts up and down the chimney is no easy task. Calcium is vital for strong bones. It is calcium that keeps Santa strong and sturdy as he dashes from rooftop to rooftop. And vitamin D is essential to a strong immune system. Santa absolutely needs one as he braves the cold, wintry night. You see, it's not just the magic of the season that helps Santa deliver presents worldwide. It's also the fortifying nutrients of whole milk. Has anyone ever told her that Santa isn't real? <laughs> I mean, what the hell was that? That was the last That's thing. That's why people are taking their uh, the time to. Who wrote Who that shit? That was the last thing the Republicans did before going into recess. And it wasn't planned. It was just something that they added to the calendar, probably at the behest of the dairy industry. It, it was like story time at a children's library. And I just. <laughs> oh, my just, God. Was that a drag story time? <laughs> I, 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 that's what I felt like. I just don't even. And she even said it in that way, like a librarian. But like, I think, oh, actually, I don't want to diss librarians like that. <laughs> but um, I respect librarians. <laughs> I honestly thought she was going to pull out a cow for a demonstration at one point. <laughs> And and Tom, you you left me you left me wondering like how did it was there a and so for this reason you know what I mean like a summation like where's the motive the why I need the why I gotta have a why. Also, I don't think like vitamin D would protect against everything with uh, for Santa. Like I don't think it would. Stop scared kids from peeing on his lap. I don't think there's any scientific evidence that backs that backs that up. And also, like our kids gonna start freaking out. Mommy, we put out two percent milk. Santa's not gonna come now. Also, I really feel like at Santa's <laughs> ripe age, he's probably lactose intolerant. So let's be honest, that's probably not a good choice. But and when I was a kid, like the presents were the best part of Christmas, not making sure whole milk was put out. I know, seriously, right? Now, Mother, have we put out whole milk for Santa? <laughs> Although I was I was raised on 2%, so that could explain yeah. a lot. Right, same. I think if it, I made the story better when I started to sort of envision that she was thinking Santa was her husband, and then it sort of made the story better because she was like, and then he gets fortified and his muscles oh, are big and Oh my strong. God, back to grandparents doing it. What is wrong with you people? Let me steer away from, from that image by saying that Virginia Fox does remind me of 
like a, a Mrs. Claus, like if she was on PCP. <laughs> we have a new conspiracy theory going now. Santa has infiltrated Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Trust you me. heard it on Tom Santa Myers versus the rest. Away toys. He is not a Republican. That's true. You're you so heard right. it on Tom Myers versus the rest of the world first. <laughs> 2023 didn't provide just cringe moments from national elected officials, but also commentators infected with the demon seed, resulting in a crossbreeding of Kit Rock and Kevin Sorbo. In these video excerpts from Twitter X we get an insightful analysis of American life from Alex Jones as interviewed by Tucker Carlson. We're here with the world's most dangerous man, the most censored man in the English language. But honestly, when you get him in front of an outhouse in the woods, he doesn't seem so dangerous. It's a fancy outhouse. <laughs> he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years, but it's getting worse, naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, yeah. a bunch of amphetamines in the morning. Then they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while, and then he comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. And I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was this was during the 2016 uh, 20, 2020 election. So how's this going to? That's huge. I know you don't play games. You've been. Are the you fact kidding that that, me? The fact that that video started uh, with them standing outside an outhouse is the perfect metaphor for not just that clip, but for the entire interview. Oh my gosh! And that <laughs> shirt choice on behalf of Alex. Ugh. Um. Anyway. <laughs> what a year! What a year it was for the two those two POSs. One got fired from a place where he was had the highest ratings, and the other uh, had had to declare when he declared bankruptcy. Uh, to Alex. yeah, to, I don't think he's allowed to declare bankruptcy. I uh, think they can still come after his media empire. But yeah, Tucker Carlson worked for Fox, which I think this year had to pay out. Also, had to pay out a bunch of money to. Uh, to uh, the Dominion Voting Machine Company, but yeah, and he owes he owes billions to the uh, Sandy Hook parents. So is the outhouse the only place they can actually record now? Like, is that <laughs> all been fired from different media places? Ew. If I believed in hell, I think I just saw who would bring <laughs> <laughs> But down here in that- hell, it's not bad. We can wander around naked. We can take methamphetamines. And and look, there's an outhouse. <laughs> I actually describe this. And it's like literally they're probably every Tuesday night, you know. <laughs> right. right. Nudity, amphetamines, and outhouses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> First, I thought he was talking when he said wandering around and taking drugs. I thought he was talking about Trump. And, and then he said 2016, and I was like, he is talking about Trump. And then he corrected himself, and he said 2020. Uh-huh. Well, I think that Alex Jones is so focused on the idea of walking naked around the White House is because that's what he's planning on doing if Trump wins again. I just, how would he even know that somebody's walking around the White House naked? And even if they are, it's his house. 
I walk around my house naked too. That's where he lives. I mean, if you're gonna walk around naked, you should do it in your house. Gina, you missed it. He personally had a friend who told him personally that that person personally witnessed, personally did it. He did it. But did he know firsthand? Was it personal? It was so personal. It's good to be back. <laughs> Remember when we all thought Aaron Rodgers was going to rescue the New York Jets? Yeah, mm-hmm. me neither. This year, Colin Kaepernick's agent expressed interest in having him play for the New York Jets following Aaron Rodgers' season-ending injury during the team's home opener. I think it would be refreshing having a Jets quarterback take a knee without it being (laughs) injury-related. The Jets have gotten so bad that even Colin Kaepernick at an offer would say, fuck it, I'll stay on the blacklist. In this clip, we see the reactions of fans in a Milwaukee bar offering free drinks if the New York Jets lose. When not only their former quarterback gets hurt, but also the Jets win their first game and they have to make good on their bar tabs. Enjoy. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You can take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's where we're at. This offer is going to be in effect for the for another 12 games this season. As long as the Jets and Packers are not playing at the same time, this Jets lose UN promotion is in effect. Tonight, Bill and Natalie, the house won. <laughs> well, you roll the dice, you take your chances. I mean, there's always the possibility. Yeah. AJ, AJ, do these, yeah, some, do these fans yeah. kind of deserve it for cheering for a Packers Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion and four-time MVP to get injured? I don't think that they were cheering for the injury bill as much as they were cheering for their odds of having a free night of booze on the house. They weren't going to have to pay for it. It was a thought, at least, when Rodgers got hurt. I have a feeling that come tomorrow morning, a lot of these folks are going to wake up unhappy about the bar type they had to pay and unhappy that some of them showed up on video clapping and waving at the screen when a Packers legend got hurt. And maybe how much they decided to drink when they thought the bar tab was uh, on the house. AJ, thank you very much. Uh, a wild ride from start to finish. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at others, Mitch Fortune. This is great. I mean, that's a level of psychosis right there. That is I would psychosis. expect from like I I could I could see this taking place in say like a, a bar, like a bar in the in the mid-Atlantic, definitely. But it's like Milwaukee all of a sudden just skyrocketed past us. Now, may I say, so I I I I'm newish to liking football and knowing some of it. <laughs> and I just I have to say that I you know this is a Ravens house because my Jeff um, is all Ravens and is from Baltimore and the whole deal and that's fine. But I will say this: I initially got into liking football because I picked I pick football teams based on the coach I find attractive, and Salah is way attractive to me, and so I was a Jets fan because he's attractive 
And then the second one was Eagles because I find that guy very attractive too. But I'm starting to actually like the game and know the game and being less of a pig about it because I recognize that that's horrible, but I wanted to just be human for a second if I could. Someone's objectifying. Look at this. this. Horrible. <laughs> I know. I know it too. The worst thing is I know it and I hate that about myself, but I'm cleaning up my act and I'm now trying to like the sport for the sport all by itself. If you're trying to clean up your act, this is the wrong podcast to do. Yeah, it. what were I'm you sorry. thinking? <laughs> well, Notice I don't want to There was no applause after Gina's like, I'm trying to be human. We're like, yeah, well, I'm trying to be human. <laughs> We've already beaten Polite down. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a Jets fan. I've been a Jets fan oh. my entire, yeah, thank you. I've been a Jets fan my entire life. Is it because I, you always liked the coach and found him attractive? That, that Wave Eubank was a stud. Uh, <laughs> what a short hottie that was. No, the uh, <laughs> five people got that one. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> We're doing Wave Eubank jokes and here. none of them uh, listen to this podcast, by the way. So, and I, I so, thought Aaron Rodgers was gonna come back before holiday, but I heard that he's not. So I was, I was ready to stick by them, but I've, I've had to go be a Raven supporter. Well, that's, Aaron Rodgers isn't ready to stick himself, so I know. <laughs> My, I was born in New York, and I consider myself still to be a New Yorker. My children were born in Maryland. But they became Jets fans because of me. Yeah. And it's very nice. It's I really appreciate it. And every year each of them texts me and says, Why did you do this to us? Oh. <laughs> did they leave are they not in Maryland anymore? No, they're still here. Oh, well, well. They could tell you in person, not text you. <laughs> they don't live in well, his basement, Gina. Okay. They've grown up and moved on. Certain sports fans, like certain teams, like you you don't want to say things right to their face, especially That's around true. here. That's true. See, I don't get any of these references over here because uh, Seahawks, Seahawks. Yeah, I, we, we all saw that's what they did with the Eagles. That was very, uh, very surprising. Saw that. <laughs> I will say, like, at Seahawks taking the uh, Super Bowl trophy from us, it was no no better team. Because I think we won, we won the, the Super Bowl one year and then the Seahawks the following year so that yep. was that was kind of who we wanted to take it so well, thank you polite are, polite are you the 12th man or the 12th person the 12th person <laughs> well and polite kitty if we said that one guy bit another guy's boob on a play <laughs> would that make more i'm sorry you can cut that out tom i'm going to hell for that but hey, it'll be Tucker Carlson and <laughs> We are a very inclusive state, so. You are. That's true. While some of our reflections on the year 2023 may be less than stellar, there is no more awkward summing up of the year than from New York Mayor Eric Adams, oh, who explains his view of the city that never sleeps 
in this news clip. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. First off, like, New York is two words, okay, besides the obvious, and throwing an event where 3,000 people died in with like, starting a new business? I mean, <laughs> Gina, Gina, like, you go up to New York a lot. How fucking jaded are they up there? Oh my gosh. Anything I, could happen. Anything. It's the city that never sleeps. So you, everything, it's the possibilities are endless. I come visit New York. Let's bring up the biggest disaster that's oh happened. God. Maybe it'll happen again. Yeah. Uh, New York just, they don't, he's got challenges. New York doesn't like him. Um, no. And he needs to go. He's he's a one-timer if he manages to even finish it. I mean, he's got a lot. I think there's a lot of things out about him. He's, you know, he's got some investigations going. I don't know. He may make it through, but I don't think wasn't, so. Wasn't his campaign slogan, if you think Bill de Blasio is an asshole, watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow, man. The definition of hold my beer. <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether you have a Republican mayor or Democrat mayor in New York. Like lately, it's just kind of. Hmm. Um, in one word, as soon as that guy said in one word, and he said New York. Does he think it's New York? Like I mean, one word. But also, how do you get to be mayor and you don't have an elevator pitch? Like what? Exactly. You could have taken something from your campaign, anything, and I'm sure you weren't promoting 9/11 on your campaign. Exactly. Oh my gosh. He really and did sound like one of my clients when I asked, "How are you feeling today?" And they go, "Apple." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a better answer because it's like New York is the Big Apple. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, maybe you should see if you can uh, get him into a session, Polite. Try to unpack what he's got going on. I'll say this. The, the one reason why I find that, uh, why why I dislike that, that clip was because I had the episode written. I had all the segments done. I had everything all planned out. And then I heard about this uh, the night before we recorded. And I thought to myself, God damn it. Now I have to go ahead and do more <laughs> editing and do more stuff. You have to. I mean, it had to be done. Had to. We, we thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> and finally, post-pandemic has been especially hard on small businesses this year. This year saw the closure of one such business in a small Indiana town. It was a drugstore started by a family with the surname Butt. The drugstore, which achieved regional notoriety for the name of the business... Butt drugs. <laughs> With the closure of the drugstore this past April, this is a good time to play a local TV ad for butt drugs. 
There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs, they love butt drugs, ba 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 butt drugs, ba 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 butt drugs. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. You always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. We love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. <laughs> oh, that's great! To embrace the name like that was that is awesome. Great! That is that makes me so sad. I just found out about them now, but that makes me sad that they had to close. And and where's the free parking, folks? In the rear. <laughs> that's a good joke. That is awesome. Oh, I'm sorry they're not open anymore. I know. That was like the best PR move ever. I know. The butt closed. They sell, they sell alcohol in in, in, in pharmacies? I, I think it, it depends on the locality. Yeah, yeah. small I know. Yeah. Pick so up I, I your opioids and wash it down with some bourbon. It's like an Indiana bodega. It's got everything. <laughs> I'm missing a cat. Probably doesn't have a cat, but other than that. Well, they could have they could have found a way to stay open. Like if they done something like sell sex toys. Like they could easily have done. And then you you'd only have to change the music a little bit. Did you go, we got butt plugs? <laughs> ba -ba -ba butt plugs. We have butt plugs. I mean, it's you just modify the theme a little bit. That was a low cost production video, but it was so fun. Like maybe they just needed to make that go viral um, and the butt would have stayed open. I want to see the holiday version of that. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas butt. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, Gina Brown, and Polite Kitty. Thanks, we thank you, Tom. Thank, Thank you for you. 2023. But before we go, my final thought on this year. The fact that 2023 didn't end with the entire planet being destroyed and all living things on Earth being wiped out is a small disappointment. The first person to make history by eating at the first McDonald's on the moon will inevitably become the first person to die at a young age of carotid artery disease instead of the preferred method of death among space travelers. Space gonorrhea as the result of a great lay by a horny Martian. And if you think that's a puerile and juvenile thought, just consider that when I was typing this, I spelled gonorrhea correctly for the first time. <laughs> that's the benefit of writing what you know. <laughs> I will close out the year with a riddle. A set of parents names their first child January, their second child February, their third child March, and their fourth child April. What is the name of the fifth child? If you guessed May, well, of course, you would be wrong. If you guessed, oh, the name of the child is what, because you ended that riddle with a statement, not a question, well, I hate to tell you this, but that is also wrong. 
The answer, there is no fifth child. I will demonstrate why this is the case by giving my own updated rendition of the book of Revelations. Maestro, cue the music, please. Following the frustration of 2023, Americans became so jubilant and complacent about how great the year 2024 was going to be by comparison that they simply forgot to vote in the November elections. Following the return of Trump and his continuation of whatever Reich this is supposed to be, I lost count, the earth will become uninhabitable. It won't be the political landscape on its own, but the results that will follow. Having ignored the trifecta of low wages, proper health care, and climate change, it will all come to a head as a popular uprising will come just short of toppling the heads of the major corporations because, due to an unchecked erosion of the ozone layer, just the extreme temperatures of the summer of 2025 alone will set the world ablaze. Our only salvation will be the giant global tsunami caused by unchecked rising sea levels that will descend upon us and wipe out all culture in a super mega storm surge, the way nature intended. As for healthcare, all the world's top medical professionals will be shuttled onto a spaceship sponsored by whichever billionaire is owning Clarence Thomas that week <laughs> to care for the remaining survivors who, because of their reliance on health for which they cannot compensate, will be so bereft of the means to take care of themselves that they will end up cannibalizing these highly qualified medical professionals before turning on each other. Among the dead will be our hypothetical family and their four children. The earth just won't allow them to have that fifth child. The only surviving aspect of life on earth is a podcast called Dudes Rock, starring Elon Musk, Ben Shapiro, Gavin McGinnis, and what's left of the charred remains of Alex Jones and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh well, at least I'll know how to spell gonorrhea. Given how I predict 2024 will go, I have a feeling I'm going to need that, and then some. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, Gina Brown, and Polite Kitty. Theme music composed and arranged by Jeroen Vandenhurek. Additional music by Audio Machine and the Music Flow Channel. Special thanks to Delane Lewis and Chris O'Connor. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast's Patreon for early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, extended episodes, bonus clips, and more. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now.
Shut up, Paul. I'll tell you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.